Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Doing something a little bit different here on Movies First, mainly because I managed to catch up with Alex here on something. Uh, I finally got around to seeing Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Now, we appreciate that many people will have gone along and seen this because they are diehard Star Wars fans, but there are other people who perhaps are tossing up whether or not to go and see it in the holiday rush of the movies that are available. Alex, first, good to be with you. Well, it's a delight that you've caught up with this movie, and I know that you're somebody who does like Star Wars. I'm somebody who liked the first three Star Wars, and I like the rebooted version that we got last year, but... Is this is this as good as you wanted it to be? That's the big question. We'll we'll perhaps go into a little bit of detail. And for those people, we've already done one podcast on this, but it wasn't a discussion. It was just my views, and that's the reason I wanted to find out what you thought of it. But this is built as a standalone film. Different characters, although you have got Darth Vader and you've got a very small appearance by Princess Leia. You've also got R2-D2 and C-3PO, who blink and you've missed those two, and a couple of others, Jimmy Smits, who we've seen before in the Star Wars films, but Felicity Jones, the theory of everything, she heads up the cast. She is this strong, loyal, fiercely determined woman raised by a rebel outlaw played by Forrest Whitaker. The reason she was raised by Forrest Whitaker is her own father, Galen Urso, played by Mads Mikkelsen, this brilliant scientist, was pursued relentlessly by the villain in this piece, Ben Mendelsohn, the Australian actor who plays director Orson Krennic. So father had to flee. That, that's what it was all about. Now, I, I, want to, I want to ask a question before we go any yeah. further. Are we, going to allow, are, we, are we going to allow spoilers in this review? No, we're not. Right. No, okay. Not- I just didn't. I, I just didn't want to go there. If if we weren't, I just wanted to know where where, where the rules where the rules no, lay no, before no. I interject. We- no, it's important that we allow people to sort of make of it what they will once we give them a basic structure. I mean, it's a time of conflict. group of unlikely heroes band together, steal the plans to the Death Star, which is the Empire's ultimate weapon of destruction. And I, I should say here that Ben Mendelsohn, as director Orson Krennic, is looking to establish himself as a force to be reckoned with in the Empire. And he plays this role with a mixture of menace and dread in his ultimately answerable domain, but I don't think you want to be seen in the presence of Darth Vader. And playing opposite Felicity Jones is Diego Luna as a respected Alliance intelligence officer about whom Jin, who is the character that we mentioned at the outset, Felicity Jones, has her suspicions. And fighting alongside them is a blind monk and a pragmatic soldier and a crack shot. Now, we might not see a lot of C-3PO and R2-D2, but for comic relief, we do get another droid, a seven-foot, one-inch droid known as K2SO, played by Alan Tudyk. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't do anything that we haven't seen before, but he's, he's OK. Is he not, Chris? He, he is, and I think you've thrown a line in there that I think uh, actually works for a lot of this film, where you said, uh, 
he doesn't do anything we haven't seen before. There's a lot of sameness about Rogue One, and I'm assuming that if people are listening to this review, they've heard your your review uh, of a few days ago of of the actual movie, so we don't need to go into into as, as forensic detail this time around. But that was my overarching impression was, we've seen a lot of this before, and we know where this movie is going. Movies First. Reviews, previews and more with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Well, we do because this sort of was spawned by the 1977 episode For A New Hope because it came from the, the crawl, the opening crawl, which told of a period of civil war when rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. And during that battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Death Star this armoured space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. What this one does is it, it tells us who these interlopers were and they, how, how they managed to succeed, because we didn't know that. So, I mean, I'm not sure. They've, they've given it a new director, Gareth Edwards, who did Godzilla and Monsters, and, and the story was actually pitched by John Knoll, and he worked on visual effects on not only this Star Wars movie, but previous Star Wars films. So... The story is by John Knoll and Gary Witter from the Book of Eli. I would have probably put onto this maybe a director who we've known for making a good Star Wars movie. I mean, that's probably the way that I, I would have gone. Now, whether you could get J.J. Abrams or not, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not criticising Gareth Evans Edwards, rather, uh, per se, uh, the screenplays by the work of Chris Weitz and, and Tony Gilroy. I mean, Chris Weitz was responsible for About a Boy, Tony Gilroy, The Bourne Legacy, and Michael Clayton. So, you know, they're, they're no slouches when it comes to writing scripts. But I, like you, was disappointed. I, I didn't feel particularly involved in or connected with what I was seeing. I found it really hard to get invested with the characters. And, look, I, I don't want to give anything away, but... In, in the end, when you watch this film, it's probably a good thing that you don't get or that you won't... You won't wind up terribly emotionally invested with most of the characters. I, I, th- I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying that, but I just found the whole thing a little odd. For example, one thing that stood out to me fairly early in the piece, a lot of scenes set uh, on empire-dominated worlds with people mm-hmm. living, supposedly living in squalor, yet they were all clean. <laughs> you know, did, did, did you notice that? I didn't pay enough attention, to be honest. I, I was distracted, I think. I, I, look, I found the characters were single-dimensional and formulaic. There were no no layers, really, to their respective personas. I mean, did you really like Jones or Luna or Mendelssohn, for that matter? I thought a lot of the characters were, were superfluous. Uh, and I, I understand that you need to have some sort of an ensemble cast when you've got you know, yeah. a, sm- a small band of rebels raiding a base to get the Death Star plans. I understand that, but... A lot of them I just found, you know, they, they introduced them to us, they built up a little bit of storyline around them for no apparent reason because, well, look, in the end they get killed. Uh, you know... It, yeah, but, I mean, you, you wouldn't say that about Jones or Luna or Mendelssohn. I mean, they're critical to the characters. Yeah, they're that, the critical... but that's the thing. But, they're the key characters. But, again, you know, there were other elements that I thought were not necessary. For example, when there is a, a control panel revealed during the course of the film to be stuck on the end of a balcony out nowhere and I thought this is going to be really predictable because that person's going to have to go out there and when they're out there someone else is going to come up and someone else is going to come up behind them it just you know I just knew what was going to happen yeah but look (laughs) 
that we should say the last half hour is pretty good. I mean, oh, look, the action, the, the, the battle sequence. Battle sequences, if, yeah. If you took... Uh, my, my, my impression there was if you took Saving Private Ryan, you know the, the massive yeah. battle scene at the start of Saving Private Ryan, if you took that and transplanted that into a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, that's what you've got. You've got a tremendous battle scene, absolutely no doubt about it. Look, I, yeah, I wouldn't go that far, to be honest. I, I mean, I, you know, it's a battle scene, that, a battle sequence, and it goes on for half an hour and, and all of that is fine. But, I mean, as far as future instalments are concerned, if they're going to do these smaller stories, I really hope they kick it up a gear or two, Chris. I really, I just think they need to go further than they have here. And I should say that this movie was something that had George Lucas's blessing in the sense that he was behind the idea of a series of independent stories. I mean, he he was keen on this concept. So, okay, I'm not willing to dismiss it. All I'm saying is it could have been better. I saw the the trailers for this. I, I reckon it would have been 12 months ago. I saw the tra- the first trailers for this. I was seriously excited. You, you know, I like you know I love Star Wars, and I, I like you wasn't wasn't totally enamoured with one, two, and three. Well, certainly not three. I thought one and two had their moments. I thought three was a bit meh, uh, but I, I was really excited about this, and I thought the concept was great. I just don't think it was executed as well as it could have been. Yeah, fair. And what would you give it out of ten? Look, for mine, I would give Rogue One. I, I, I'll give it a pass. So if we say a pass is a five, it's not a bare pass. So let's give it a six. And look, I'd give it a six to six and a half. So look, I'm in similar territory with you. So it look, folks, I understand it's done extraordinarily well. It, it and it was always going to. It's the only movie that released last week because nobody wanted to touch it. It's it's almost like uh, what what. What is the time to avoid? Any time that a Star Wars movie comes out, you could argue the same thing about a James Bond movie. There's not too many films that would release in competition to them, at least for that week. And it's, I reckon it's done as well as they would have anticipated it would have done. I'm wondering when they next release a Star Wars movie that's standalone, whether people might think a little bit more about seeing it. I dare say there'll be the aficionados who will latch onto anything Star Wars-related... But, um, yeah, is it as good as it could have been? Probably not. Is it terrible? Absolutely not. It it passes muster, but it doesn't excite me the way I... Well, the first one, or the rebooted one, did. I gave that an 8 out of 10 by as a point of comparison. What would you have given uh, the movie a year ago? From memory, I gave it about an 8 to an 8.5. And and, and I think if you you go back, I think I would have given the original Star Wars about an 8. I would have given The Empire Strikes Back about an 8. And uh, and Return of the Jedi, uh, I would have given a solid 9 because I thought it was a fabulous movie. 1, 2 and 3 were there of thereabouts between 4.5 and and 5 because they, they weren't that great. You talk about the next one that's coming up. Mm. Uh, obviously we get episode 8 of the official Star Wars Chronicle however it's going to be referred to in late 2017 and then in mid 2018 and I think they're on a well, winner sorry you're saying episode 8 isn't it episode 9 this is 8 no 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 this is this is not episode 8 this is this is a, this is Rogue One a Star Wars story so this is off yeah. to the side oh, of, of, yeah. of the continuum so it fits in between 3 and 4 yeah. so Star so Wars episode 3. 8 yeah, well 3.75 I'd say because it leads neatly into the start of of episode four. But we'll get episode eight next year, or at the end of 2017, and then it's only going to be about six months, about mid-2018, that we'll get, and I don't know what it's going to be called, I've tried to find the name of it, and I, I don't have it handy, but the, the next of these standalone stories will be a Han Solo 
movie. And I think with a character like Han Solo, where you know there's more of the story, mm. they might be on a winner. Maybe they would have been better to have done that one first. First, yeah. Well, look, as I say, Star Wars The Force Awakens a year ago I thought was very, very good, and there was a lot of people who enjoyed it. I saw this in a cinema with only four people. The person I saw it alongside was probably late 30s. He really enjoyed it. So, folks, go along and see it. Judge it for yourself. Chris, been a pleasure. Catch up with you soon. Thanks, Alex. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.